0: Eric Amsuits is director, capacity management, property claims at Liberty Mutual Insurance and the national co-chair for the company's veteran DE&I group, Valor, which is geared towards making a better workplace environment for our current service members and veteran community. Eric served for 20 years in the United States Army National Guard as a captain, company commander out of Fort Worth, Texas. Coming up next on Veteran on the Move. Welcome to Veteran on the Move, If you're a veteran in transition, an entrepreneur wannabe, or someone still stuck in that J-O-B trying to escape, this podcast is dedicated to your success. And now, your host, Joe Crane. Learn how you can get cheer to last all year with the Cash Rewards Card at NavyFederal.org. When you use the Navy Federal Cash Rewards Card, you can earn up to 1.75% cash back on all purchases. Visit NavyFederal.org. For more information. Hey, today we're talking with Army veteran Eric Amstutz from Liberty Mutual Insurance. Eric, thanks for being here. we got some great things to talk about. Uh, you have somewhat of a unique career. I'd like to hear what uh, what you did in the Army and the Army Guard.
1: Yeah. Thanks, Joe, for having me. Appreciate the opportunity. My, my career is, is unique. So, you know, I was a lower middle class kid with really little means and big dreams is what I say. And <laughs> one of the greatest gifts in my life was my mom who understood that I had greater goals and ambitions for my life. And she sat Sergeant Gruder, the recruiter down at my kitchen table when I was 17 years old, had never given a thought about joining the military. And of course, you know, as a lower middle-class kid, Sergeant Gruder knew exactly how to entice me into joining the military. Right? <laughs> he slid that $20,000 bonus across the table and free college and Oh by the way we've never we haven't deployed in the last 10 plus years so you'll be fine. <laughs> and so in April of April 9th 20 uh, 2001 I I signed the papers and that summer which would have been my junior summer of high school I went to basic training.
0: Perfect timing.
1: Uh, yeah, so I graduated 16 days before 9/11. <laughs> um, I myself back in my senior year of high school 9/11 happened I'm in the hallways of school. High school and me on the shoulder saying, Hey, you made a great decision. Good luck with your life. And <laughs> and so, uh, you know, the way it transpired is actually super interesting. Being a National Guard soldier at the time, we, you know, I, I ended up graduating. I went to AIT right after high school and I didn't deploy until 2006. So I actually got to go to college, finish my college degree. And the month that I finished my college degree is when I got the call to go to Iraq and during the 50,000 soldier surge in 2006. So I mm. found myself in Ramadi uh, under first AD and third Third ID and actually worked with the 1-5 and 2-5 Marines there and, and flew and Ramadi. So I spent some time with the Marine Corps and did some cool things there. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. I, was
0: at, uh, I was at TQ in 04 in you know, Al-Asad and Korean Village out in the uh, 708 the second time I was there. So, so as, all, all as the a fun cool spots. Yeah. So, so most moms of America are trying to keep their kids from going into the military. Your mom was actually sitting at the table, making it happen.
1: Yeah. Until the day it came that I was going to Iraq. And then of course she immediately regretted that decision, but <laughs> uh, I think it all worked out fine. And, and you know, I, I just didn't tell her some of the things that we did in Iraq. I told her I was a desk jockey, mm. uh, not doing some of the things out there, but right. you know, that kept her emotions in check <laughs> anyway. So, yeah. Uh, So when I came out of Iraq, I actually, so I lost a good friend in Iraq, unfortunately, and I kind of, you know, the emotions and some of the things that you go through in that, in that state of mind, I ended up separating from the military, getting out of my six year Mm contracts when I came home and I kind of puddled around in that lost space that veterans go through when they come back from combat and they're not exactly sure you're mid twenties, you're not exactly sure what you're going to do with your life. And And so I started working in insurance, which, you know, I had a degree in insurance, never thought I'd be in insurance. And I helped manage a state farm agency for a while. And then uh, I actually started missing the military. So movies like Hurt Locker and things like that started kind I, I had a, a just a hole and I felt it was a void that I needed to continue to serve. So I reenlisted in 2009 and went to OCS in 2011, became an officer. So I said, if I'm going to do it, I'm going to be an officer. I'm going to be all in and and we're going to do this path. At the same time, I started my career at Liberty Mutual. Okay. So, yeah. So for the last 11 years, I've been dual career. So I worked in the army national guard as a logistics officer, building my career path there. And I also started my career at Liberty Mutual in 2011. So building both simultaneously. And then I retired, well, we'll call it retirement. Um, That's an interesting story. I was at 19 years and I just finished uh, my third command. And so I was an airborne FSC commander, forward support commander. And I was jumping on planes, doing awesome things. And then I was supposed to go to this unit, special uh, it was a special ops support company 19, and they support 19th group. Mm-hmm. I was going to EXO as a major. And the call from Governor Abbott came to go to the border for a year to do the border mission. <laughs> and I had already missed probably upwards of three years at this time away um, from, Liberty, from Liberty Mutual. And so <clears throat> I actually made the decision to um, leave the military at 19 years and not my full 20 because uh, it was creating more challenges in my um, day-to-day work than than. Felt was going to be continue to be worth it for me. So yeah. I separated from the military at 19 years.
0: No retire. You didn't retire. Correct. One, you only needed one year.
1: Yeah. So it, it's uh, yeah. when you did the cost benefit analysis on, you know, how, how the company was treating me relative to um, some of the things I was going to have to go through um, on this next deployment and mm-hmm. how many times I had been away. Uh, I had been called for George Floyd riots and COVID response and mm-hmm. the inauguration issues. And, and so, it was a constant pull and drag from my career that was oh, yeah. taking off at Liberty Mutual. And I had to make really a cost benefit analysis, to say, which is the best for me. And it wasn't to go to the border for a year. So I forfeited the, the retirement.
0: Yeah. You know, a few, couple of episodes ago, we were talking about having been a drilling reservist for three and a half years. It's sometimes it's almost harder being a reservist than it is being on active duty. Cause you, you are juggling a lot of other things. I mean, you're juggling a civilian career um, and you know, you, some companies work are are really some companies and some jobs work work great with being a reservist, and, and other types of jobs and companies don't work so well with with being a reservist. So it, it's definitely a balancing act, uh, and 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 the more deployments and call ups that are happening, um, you, know, you can only imagine. You know, a lot of times, the active duty guys don't realize that the guard and reserves are being called up. I mean, you you, you rattled off the list of. Not only Iraq deployments that you did, but all the different call-ups you've had um, with your guard unit for various issues and things going on in the civilian sector, you don't you don't realize that those those are guard guard guys that have normal jobs and they've stopped their normal job to come do this, and it, it does it does uh, wreak a havoc at times. So, how has it been? You know, how was it being a reservist and working for Liberty Mutual?
1: Yeah. That's a great question. I think you hit it spot on. The post nine eleven requirements for reservists and National Guard has has grown exponentially over the years. And now that we're kind of out of the you know, the Middle East deployments with Iraq and Afghanistan, it's still the up tempo is still high because of all the challenges that we have politically, all the different things that we have going on, not to mention hurricane response and natural disaster response. Mm-hmm. But the other thing I see is you've got folks that aren't serving anymore. People aren't raising their right hand to serve anymore. This younger generation doesn't want to serve. That creates more pressure on your high performers in the military. So if you're if you're a high performer, the military is going to ride you and ride you and ride you regardless of your civilian career. And at some point, which will happen with me, you have to say, is the juice worth the squeeze? And I, I had to get back at that point and say my civilian career is. And what I'll say is, I'm very, very lucky to work for a company that 100% supports what we do. And and I say there are some companies that say they support military and there are companies that their actions match their words. And I'll say this company does that. And it's one of the reasons that I've been here for 11 years. It's, Mm. you know, when I first started with the company, they had a very low paid time off for military service. And it was generally for the two weeks in the summertime, right? The annual training period for national guard and reservists. Well, since those requirements have grown, they listened to veterans like me or current service members and said, you know, what? how can we support you to to not use your own personal time and have this paid time off? And they've grown our benefits package 3X over the, the time that I've been here in the company and, and really listened to us and our needs. And so that's just one example of some of the things that they've done, but the company really puts their money where their mouth is when it comes to supporting the military.
0: Oh yeah. That's huge. I mean, being reservists for three and a half years, there there were some guys who their companies were, very supportive and all in. And sometimes it just kind of depends on the kind of job you have. I mean, some, some jobs, you just can't be gone for periods of time, but, um, you know, like as an airline pilot, yeah, that works great for being a reservist, um, yeah. police and firemen and all those other things. And so, but, but the attitude of of your company, probably more the attitude of your company more than anything matters the most, because if they support it, they'll figure out ways to make it work. If they're, if they, the boss doesn't really like it or the company doesn't really like it in general, it's going to be painful for you. So it's good to know um, that Liberty Mutual is real supportive with all that. So um, talk about some of the, um, you're involved in some of the programs inside of uh, Liberty Mutual and supportive veterans. And um, now this is a common uh, thing we discuss on the show is a lot of companies, they love hiring veterans, but when the, vi- when the veterans come into their ranks, they're just kind of dispersed among everybody else. And then sometimes not so good things happen because there's culture shock. And, um, you know, those companies that have uh, organizations and uh, elements going on inside their own company to foster veterans and their success and the integration with the company and supporting them in any way are doing great. And Liberty Mutual has some of those programs. So tell us about that.
1: Yeah, I I think it's super important for companies if they want to support the veteran community or the current service member community that have to have dedicated programs. And for us, it's called an employee resource group and, you know, we have other employee resource groups that are dedicated to other efforts at at Liberty Mutual, but I specifically help co-chair the Valor community. So it's for veterans, current service members, spouses, partners, and allies. And it's really focused on making the the work environment at Liberty Mutual the best it can be for this audience, right? And mm-hmm. and we have a number of folks that are still serving, so it, it's you know the gamut of it. We got spouses and partners who are being PCS across the world, right? Because their spouse is still serving, and Liberty Mutual starts to find a way to support that spouse, and that maybe that's helping them work in a virtual environment or something like that, uh, to where they can continue to work with us and not be so rooted to a geographic location. But yeah, we set up Valor in 2016. I got um, I got involved pretty early on. I stood up our Plano chapter. We have 14 chapters across the country, and then we have our national where we drive all our strategic priorities. And I I was at the local level, and I was kind of doing some good things down there. And you know, similar to the way the military is, they they look at their workhorses and they bring them up. And I was asked to take national about two years ago as a co-chair alongside my good buddy John Langus, who's a Navy vet, and. Um, I'd also have to mention Ben, Ben Lin because he was a Marine that stood, really stood up the national level before us and did some awesome things. But we, you know, we focus on veteran hiring. We focus on mentorships. We focus on driving, um, that's that arm around you mentality that you mentioned, Joe. it's like, you know, in the day one in the military, you get a battle buddy, right? Mm-hmm. I, everyone remembers their battle buddy. Mine was a sleepwalking, interesting guy, but I, it's a lot of battle buddy, right? <laughs> um, we need that at Liberty Mutual. When you come here, it's a whole nother experience, particularly for your active duty service members. When they come to Liberty Mutual, that transition phase is tough. And particularly now when you work in a work from home environment, Mm -hmm. there isn't really that team there that puts our arm around you. So we have to do it virtually, right? And we give you a battle buddy. We give you a mentor. We hold what we call Valor Connects, which are informal connections every two months where we virtually get into a room and there's 500 of us. And we talk about, those basic training experiences, or suicide awareness in September, where we all candidly talked at a company in a company, which is wild that a company allows to do this. Mm-hmm. But we talked about um, friends that I lost, and we broke down in tears, and we had people candidly share their experiences, and that goes a long way with retention for employees because if you if you can show up for you as your full self, and the company allows you to do that, and you have this battle buddy mentality, that's are going to stay.
0: Absolutely. Wow. All right. Hold that thought. We're going to take a quick break. Be right back. Take on this holiday season with the help of Navy Federal Credit Union. Learn how you can get cheered to last all year with the cash rewards card at NavyFederal.org. When you use the Navy Federal Cash Rewards Card, you can earn up to 1.75% cash back on all purchases. We're using our rewards to fly our kids to Florida to go on a cruise this year. You can redeem your rewards as soon as you earn them, and using the Navy Federal mobile app makes redeeming easier than ever. Enjoy the rewards of cash back without any annual fee, balance transfer, or foreign transaction fees. There are no limitations on rewards, and they never expire while your account is open. Our members are the mission. Insured by NCUA, rates are variable and range between 12.65% and 18% APR based on credit worthiness. ATM fees for cash advances are up to $1 at non-Navy Federal ATMs. Messages and data rates may apply. Visit NavyFederal.org for more information. Hey, back talking with Army Veteran, Eric Amstutz from Liberty Mutual Insurance. All right, so before the break, we were talking about some of the great programs that Liberty Mutual, internal programs that Liberty Mutual has. And um, I, I kind of touched on this before, but this is huge for uh, companies that want to hire veterans. Uh, it took a lot of, co- took companies a long time to figure this out. They, they would go to the hiring thing, they'd bring them in, and then they'd let them loose. And they wonder why they all, you know, not all, but... I wonder why a lot of them would have you know, problems. And so these internal programs, the companies that are doing this right are seeing huge benefits, paying huge dividends for their veteran population. So continue on about um, some of the programs you guys are doing at Liberty Mutual for supporting veterans in the hiring scene.
1: Yeah, I, I agree with you spot on. The companies that are embracing this are going to retain and create top talent within the organization. And you know, we really built it around five pillars, right? So there's community, which is we're focused on getting out in the community, doing outreach, doing, you know, uh, veteran suicide awareness. We're helping build houses We're we're just in a community. Right. And I think that that pillar is, is great. So we send care packages overseas. We do operation gratitude, letters of troops, things like that. Mm -hmm. Then we have a career tenant, which is focused on hiring and retaining veterans. So in that space in one of our, programs that we've been recognized in our partnership with is hiring our heroes that is helping transitioning veterans go into a 12 week fellowship here at Liberty mutual. So hiring our heroes is the third party company. Um, their, their transition is actually paid for through DOD, but they come work for us for 12 weeks in a mm-hmm. fellowship. And then we try to place them in a full time position following that fellowship. And we've had tremendous success, 90% placement rate through the fellowship, a huge, diverse candidate pool, where you know we're getting people of color we're getting female which are also uh, uh, goals of ours is to continue to grow in the diverse space uh, we've got a robust mentorship of over 150 pairings every time we go through the mentorship program and we base it off a of jocko willings book um like extreme ownership yeah. so yeah, yeah yeah so funny story in 2006 when i was in iraq uh I saw Jocko. I worked with those guys, but didn't know who the heck they were, right? They were just big bearded, kitted out dudes with you know, those weapons. Yep, and, uh, you, those like, you know, like, I don't know who they are, but I think they're pretty important. And then later you find out that was Chris Kyle and that was Jocko Willink. Right. But, uh, yeah, we base our mentorship program around that book because we think if you take that mentality that you have from the military and you nest it with what we do here in the insurance world, you'll be successful and take extreme ownership. And we we've really bit, built our mentor program around that. It's been wildly successful.
0: Okay, so I want to make sure we go back and cover that cover that this part again. If somebody's listening to this and they're in the military and they think they might want to come check out Liberty Mutual, like go possibly get a job when they get out, how how do they get involved in the hiring hiring our heroes program? How does that actually work? You said. I'm aware of what it what it is and how it works, but explain explain to folks that haven't heard of this before because part of the problem, if you're still in the military, if you haven't gone through transition classes or one of your buddies doesn't tell you about this program, you may never hear about it. And but, and then it's too late. Like you're already out of the military before you've heard of this program. So you can actually come work for Liberty Mutual for how long while you're still on active duty?
1: Yeah, so it, it's a great call. And a lot of people still don't know about this program. To yeah. your point, it's... It, you have to reach out to Hiring Our Heroes specifically and put your application in and say, I'm a transitioning veteran in the next six to eight months, whether I did four years or I did 25 years,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and, and they accept you into the program. Once you're accepted into the program, yeah, you're interviewing with companies to come work for them for 12 weeks in a fellowship. And really that 12 weeks buds right up to your ETS time. And, and so the goal is at the end of that 12-week fellowship, you are placing your full-time position. You're separating from the military, and you basically have no lag in paycheck, right? Because yeah. um, those four-year service members, they're not going to have a paycheck coming out, right? They're not going to have that pension or the mm-hmm. the money coming in. They're going to have to find a job, and we try to stop that gap. So during that interview process, with we basically interview the candidates and we say, "Are you a good fit for us?" Um, it, it's a it's like dating, right? We got to make sure it's a good fit for them. It's a good fit for us. And then we look to place them in a role that we know we have a full-time position that we'll hire them in. We, it does us no good and it does the service member no good to bring them on, use them for 12 weeks, and then let them go. That's not great for the parent. That's not great for our look, right? And so right. we want to place them in that full-time position. So that's an awesome program.
0: Now, somebody that's still on active duty, have you heard, um, is there any pushback from, like, like does the CEO have to approve you to, to go on this program Um, Have you heard of any, any, any folks having a hard time uh, that were trying to apply for the program, having (coughs) resist, excuse me, resistance from within the military for them to be released, to go to these programs? And we've had,
1: you know, we've had anywhere from E3 privates to, you know, lieutenant colonels. We actually just hired a lieutenant colonel here in the company. So, um, which I think was our largest, highest placement uh, that we know of coming out of the military. So yeah, we haven't, we haven't seen any resistance from the military side. The challenge uh, can be that they work four days for us and the fifth day, which is Friday to actually spend with hiring heroes doing mentorship and preparing them for that transition, which I think is awesome. So the companies have to be aware that they're only getting the four days out of them versus the five during that 12 week fellowship. Mm -hmm. That's not a problem for us.
0: Okay. Awesome. So, um, talk about some of your experience from, from the civilian side of things you're talking to military folks getting out if if you're talking to them and how to prepare to transition or prepare to transition talk about their transferable skills some of the some of the typical gaps or blind spots you see with some of the veterans that you guys that you guys hire and how to help that whole process
1: Yeah, that's a great question. I think it's, it's really important for companies to know the skills that these individuals bring from day one in the military. Right. I I can't, I don't know what the Marine Corps philosophy is around this, but the army, we had loyalty, duty, respect, selfless service, honor, integrity, and personal courage. Right. And from day one, that is baked into your, your psyche, right? This is Mm -hmm. who you are. You you represent these um, characteristics and traits. I think what's, what's the Marine Corps. Yeah.
0: Honor, courage, commitment. Yeah, there you go. yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> Beaten into you from day one, right? And yeah. so you come with that built in you, right? And so now how do we leverage that and get that into the corporate world? You have great time management skills, generally speaking from the military, right? You're 15 minutes early to everything, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Uh, leadership, you have leadership respect. We're still in a very hierarchical society within, you know, our, at least our companies and most companies are, you still have leadership upon layers of leadership. And so you have to have that, hierarchical leadership kind of respect that that comes with someone that served, mm-hmm. you have a work ethic, generally speaking, that is beyond most people. Um, we're used to working 18 hour days in the military, right? That's a pretty normal day in the army. Mm-hmm. And uh, in, in the civilian sector, it's nine to five. So the amount of work that usually these folks can get done in a nine to five day versus the traditional civilian mm-hmm. is amazing. And then, you know, generally speaking, most people that come out of the military are achievers because you have to be in the military and we, we, we breed that. We, we make you an achiever, right? Mm-hmm. But some of the gaps I see is, is that one, our vets do a terrible job of selling their skills. <laughs> they, <laughs> they say, you know, the answer, I don't know, I did my job or I kept people alive. I served my country. It doesn't really translate well into the civilian world. Yeah. And so it's upon the companies to one, pull that out of the veteran and really make them sell their story. But two, the vets gotta get better at telling their story. And, and I, this is where we do resume workshops and we work with veterans to say, tell your story better. You didn't just kick in doors in Iraq. You led teams, you, yeah. you had military decision-making process, NDMP, um, you went through all these different steps to arrive at where you were at. And that is a transferable skill to the insurance world and the corporate world. And that I can now see you leading a call center team, or I can see you leading a claims team, or something like that. Versus picking mm-hmm. indoors and, and shooting bad guys doesn't necessarily transfer, right?
0: Yeah, well, there, there's a good, you know, there's a good reason for that, and this comes up all the time. Um, veterans are not very good at; they're not comfortable with self promotion, and because they've had it ingrained in them the entire time they were in the military, you don't stick up above everyone else. You, you know, if if you're a leader. You, you take all the responsibility when something goes wrong, but you give all the credit to the rest of the members on your team. So self-promotion is not necessarily frowned upon in the military, but it when you're part of a cohesive unit, poking your head up above everybody else, talking about how, how great you are, can be misconstrued, misconceived very easily in military type operations. You know The, the Navy SEAL is the silent professional, uh, the silent yeah. warrior, you know, hum, the humble warrior. And... So it's very it's a to flip that to flip that around when you're coming out of the military to say look how great I am you know that's an exaggeration of course but it's just not a comfortable thing for military folks to do and that's part of the transition process is getting used to explaining to the civilian sector in terms they'll understand the kind of really awesome stuff you did in the military.
1: You're spot on, and I think that starts with you've got to, when you're making that transition and you're looking for that corporate job or you're trying to get into the corporate world, you've got to meet with folks that have been successful in the corporate world and have them review your resume and and tell your story to them so they can help you translate that story. And that's super important. At Liberty, you know, we work with our recruiters to give them training so that the recruiters know how to pull it out of Mm -hmm. the veterans. When they come to us and they're not necessarily selling their story, the recruiter sets them up for success before they get downstream to our hiring managers so that we're able to have a more intelligent dialogue and things like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, it just, it's, um, it's incumbent upon both parties to be better. And I think companies that invest time into having these intelligent conversations with veterans and knowing that they might, may not be selling their skills as as well as they can because of that humble mentality. Uh, it's, um, it's important for them to understand that.
0: Yeah. So, the other issue is it, I've, i heard it put best on a podcast several years ago here. The um, like guy said, "You have soft skills and you have hard skills. You know, hard skills are in your. What, what kind of insurance licenses do you have? Why? I'm an insurance company. Why would I hire you if you don't have any insurance licenses and stuff like that? Or you're not a CPA. You don't have your MBA. You don't have your Six Sigma. Those are those are hard skills. Things that have letters and stuff associated on your resume. But where the veterans shine is in the soft skills: leadership, <laughs> discipline, sticktootiveness. That's an actual." technical term in the marine corps all of those all of those things that you you've learned how to lead people all of that rolls up into the soft skills that's where the military folks shine is the soft skills you can teach them the hard skills if you have the time and sometimes a lot of civilian agencies make the mistake of hiring military folks based off of hard skills mm-hmm. you're hiring military people based off the soft skills They'll get the hard skill part once they, they get in and go to school and study or whatever those hard skills. they Like in the insurance industry, you're going to, depending on what job you have, you're going to have to have certain insurance licenses in order to sell insurance. They'll get those hard skills um, really quick. But the, yeah. but the, you, you, you can't, the soft skills are what you can't, it's hard to put a price on that. And that's
1: what companies have to recognize is that you're, you're investing in the long term for this individual and they're coming pre-coded pre-wired with these soft skills that the military baked into them for X amount of years. Right. Mm -hmm. And and the, the the other stuff is easy, right? Get a license, you know, take a class, whatever it is. And you can, we can fit you in, but you have to have, and I won't say that we're perfect at this as a company. We're a huge company, 50,000 plus employees. We, you know, you have sales, you mentioned sales, we have claims departments, we have operations side, we have analytics, like we have, you know, the gamut, right. And you, when you, when managers are generally looking for one type of a, of a hire and that is someone that comes with the skills that you, you know, the, the soft stuff of the licensing and the schooling and all that, they can be very pigeonholed into finding those types of candidates and only hiring those candidates. So when a veteran comes to the pipeline that has the other skills companies have to recognize that and that is still sometimes a challenge for us. And so that's where my, our 14 chapters that we have across the country, we ask them to partner with local leadership that are hiring and, and say if a veteran's coming through the hiring pipeline and you have questions about their resume or you have questions about who they are, could they do the job? Get with our local Valor Valor team. We have, you know, 82nd Airborne guys that are at the Plano campus and we have, you know, we have all these folks that are, deploy across our workforce across the country, leverage those valor chapters to help hire these veterans with those skills. and I think that's super important.
0: That's awesome, yeah. and um, so we are getting close to the end of our time here, Eric. If somebody's interested in looking at a career with Liberty Mutual, how do they start that process?
1: yeah, I', I just, LinkedIn's a big place where we do a lot of promoting of this stuff, so mm-hmm. check us out on LinkedIn. You can find me as well, Eric Amstutz on LinkedIn. I I do a lot of promoting for Liberty Mutual and the work that we're doing in the power space. You can go online at libertymutual.com and apply for a position there, uh, any position that's uh, open or available. Um, You know, our recruiting team, we do have a dedicated now recruiting team to hiring veterans, which is awesome. So... The Valor team, which I mentioned earlier, is 100% volunteers. So it's people like me who have a day job. My day job is director of capacity management, Mm -hmm. managing supply, demand, and nerdy stuff, right? But my volunteer job is leading this large Valor organization. And all the people underneath us are 100% volunteers. These are people that said, I just want to make this place better for veterans and current service members. So we have a dedicated hiring team now that are out there looking for veterans that are applying delivery mutual. So I'd say those are probably the two best ways is LinkedIn and, and uh,
0: libertyusual.com. Awesome. That's great. Well, Eric, I do want to give you the last word. You know, if you're talking to somebody who's on their transition out of the military, you know, looking for what they're going to be doing next. What kind of advice comes to mind?
1: What kind of advice for people? (laughs) I would say it would be find a community of people and keep yourself busy. get a hobby, a project, a business, an employee resource group like ours, find a way to stay grounded and the folks that I see struggle coming out of the military the most. And, you know, I, I did 19 years and I've had folks unfortunately take their lives and turn to drugs and alcohol um, and partying and, and things like that. If you don't have a mission and a purpose, you're going to go down the wrong path to, to success. And, and so you have to find your battle buddy. You have to find your next purpose and, and what's next for you and preferably find that before you make that transition. Um, because you know, you're the average of five people you're trying yourself with. And if you just go and, and start hanging out with the wrong people or, or don't have a mission, you're going to find yourself in a bad place. So find that mission, find that purpose. And I think you'll be successful.
0: Awesome. Well, thanks for, uh, sharing your success story and thanks to Liberty Mutual for pulling back the curtain and letting us take a look on the inside and some of the great things you guys are doing for veterans and veteran hiring.
1: Thanks, Joe. Appreciate it.
0: All right. These two veterans are asking Mike.